Welcome once again. You're flying along on the sales pipeline to grab your board, catch a wave, see what the latest is in sales pipeline growth and development from the master, the surfmeister himself, Mr. Matt Hines. How are you doing? I'm good, Paul. How are you? Good. Where are you surfing today? So we're surfing from San Francisco. Boy, is it a beautiful fall day down here. Uh, down here for the first stop in the ABM Ignite Tour. There's a number of companies that are involved in account-based marketing, account-based selling that are putting on a short little road to, road uh, road show here in the fall, starting in San Francisco this week. Uh, if you're listening from Boston or New York, you can join us next week. Uh, and uh, the week following, you can bo- join us from Chicago, home of the world champion chicago cubs well i never uh, thought anybody'd say that in my lifetime here well i thought it was i you know as a as a as a lifelong cubs fan you know i alternate all between being an optimist and a fatalist <laughs> and uh, there were many moments of oscillation throughout this playoffs as well as in the five hours of that game last night uh, how about when they called it for the rain tied in the 10th inning here oh my goodness sir how does suspense get any worse than that for cubs fans <laughs> I mean, you blow a three-run lead, you're yeah. going into extra innings, and now there's a rain delay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, my week could spend the whole the whole the whole uh, show today just talking about that. <laughs> if, if, if I if my voice breaks, it's because of that game last night. Uh, staying up a little too late, celebrating with some friends, and then getting on an early flight this morning down here for this event. But excited to be here. Thanks everyone for joining us here today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Uh, we are live every week at 11:30 Pacific, 2:30 Eastern. <clears throat> Uh, with topics throughout the world of sales and marketing focused on B2B sales pipeline growth. You can find all of our past episodes at salespipelineradio.com as well as subscribe to our podcast at Google Play and the iTunes Store. And uh, we've uh, been featuring guests and experts from throughout the sales and marketing world, but uh, very, very excited for our guests today, Jim Ninavaji, who is the Senior Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at BrainShark uh, and spent a number of years before that really as sort of the voice, I, I don't know, Jim, but I, I call you the voice of sales enablement from your time at Serious Decisions. I don't know if that's fair or not, but hey, you're the guest of the show. Might as well make you sound as impressive as possible. But uh, <laughs> Jim, thanks very much for joining us today. Hey, Matt Hines, it's great to be with you. And uh, I guess I was one of the voices. Well, let's say that. And uh, congratulations to your cubbies. You know, as, oh. a, as a lifelong Red Sox fan, I feel your pain and your joy. It's a, it is a great feeling to get that burden off your back. So, uh, congratulations. Well, thank you. It's what, it's, what's funny is, like, since last night, I've had a number of people congratulate me, and I have I did nothing but sit, drink beer <laughs> and pace back and forth behind my couch last night. So, so uh, I, if I did anything to support the team, I guess uh, that's good. But, yeah, no, I think I talked to a lot of Red Sox fans last night and uh, a couple Indians fans as well. And, uh, Joe uh, Joe Paluzzi, who runs the Content Marketing Institute, is a good friend and uh, was certainly pulling for his hometown Indians. And uh, they will have their day, a couple young teams last night. But, um, Jim, I know we could talk, we could probably spend the whole half hour just talking about baseball and that would be super <laughs> fun. But, um, those that are listening in live and those on the podcast probably want to hear us talk at least a little bit about sales enablement. So, you know, I can't think of anyone better, uh, and, and you can be as humble as you want, but I can, I can't think of anyone better to talk about sales enablement with than you. And I, I guess I want to start with sort of where did all this come from? I, I, where did a sales enablement evolve from? Uh, you know, was, did, did this really just come out of sales operations? Um, and, and kind of where did, how did we get to where sales enablement is today? Yeah, so, uh, and, and, you know, so prior to joining BrainShark, uh, I had the opportunity to actually launch and run the sales enablement practice at Serious Decisions, a 
research and advisory firm focused on sales marketing product. And I'll, remember, I'll never forget the day that John Neeson and Rich Ellis came to me, the two founders of Serious Decisions, and they said, hey, we want you to run the sales enablement practice. I said, fantastic. What sales enablement? <laughs> I, literally, six years ago, I, I really hadn't heard, heard, heard the term. The way that, it, it, so, so I, I've been very fortunate in that I've had a front row seat to watching the development and evolution of the function, and it continues to evolve. I think if you ask 10 different people from 10 different companies to define sales enablement, you're likely to get 10 different answers. But looking back, you know, six years ago, I would say it actually, it was more a function in marketing, you know, and it was focused primarily on that, what I call the content problem, right? Um, companies have thousands of pieces of content, marketing's creating all this great content, they're sending it to sales and they lose complete visibility. They don't know what the reps are using, they don't know what the reps are not using, and on the sales side, you had salespeople saying, well, I can't find anything when I need it, so I just grab what I like, and then that's what I use, right? So the function evolved primarily in marketing to solve, to start to solve that content problem. And, you know, that's where you saw the rise of the sales content management software players, um, you know, companies like Highspot and Savo and Isentera, and, which is now uh, Calidus, Seismic. Over the years, as, as the, the first the term and uh, sales name became much more common in organizations, you started to see it uh, begin to evolve into more than just content. I think companies recognize that, hey, yeah, it's great that our salespeople can find the right content when they need it, or better yet, the content's writing them when they need it. But, it, you know, a, a deck is just a deck. It, it doesn't become a presentation until you have a really talented salesperson who's able to convey a message that's, you know, on target to that buyer. So you started to see the evolution of the function more towards uh, starting to evolve to a broader aspect of, of, of training, uh, onboarding, uh, and, 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 more, and more focused on sales effectiveness. Talking today with Jim Ninavaji, who's the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at Brainshark and spent a number of years really helping to sort of evolve and shape the sales enablement space uh, for B2B companies. And, you know, you raised the question of who owns this function. And, and I think if, if this does have, if sales enablement has any legacy in sales operations, uh, you know, that's, you know, sales operations has typically been, traditionally been a sales function. Um, you know, what you're describing in terms of more prescient uh, access to content, uh, more of the right content, um, and even, you know, providing sort of training, you know, coaching capabilities. I mean, it, I could easily argue that that's the purview of marketing, especially if marketers are focused on, you know, increasing conversion of their leads and just generally providing more support through deeper into the pipeline. What are you seeing? I'm, I'm sure you're seeing people on both sides. Do you have a preference? Is it a pros and cons to marketing or sales owning sales enablement? I don't, it, it, it depends on the organization. And, you know, what I used to tell uh, my clients when I was at Sirius is it really doesn't matter where it resides as long as it's clear in uh, its, its function and it's clear in how you're going to measure success. So I've seen it, and and you know we we uh, at BrainShark we recently did a uh, a study to find you know to see where is the function residing today, and you know I'd say it's split. You know you see it, you know it's because and it's and the trend is less in marketing, frankly, uh, moving more into operations, sales operations. 
Um, and then rubber machining actually is it coming out of operations and becoming its own function. So you've got sales operations, sales enablement, both reporting into the chief sales officer. But what's really important, I think, and, and when I look at where the function is today, regardless of where it's reporting into, I'm seeing that it, it is focused in three key areas. The first is you know, what I'll call sales talent optimization. So it's responsible for hiring a salespeople, onboarding a salespeople, the continuous development, you know, transformational efforts, things like that, you know, and really owning that entire you know, life cycle from recruiting right through, you know, through uh, retirement. The second area is I'll call sales asset management, which, or you can call it sales content management, which is that, okay, we, we've got to do a better job of helping our salespeople find the right content when they need it so that it can find the buyers when they need it in their buying buyer's journey. Uh, but assets, you know, I, I use the term assets because it could, it could be content or it could be, you know, using a sales engineer at the right time or using a resource like an executive briefing center and making sure that that's all coming to the salesperson at the right time. And then the third area that um, we're seeing, and this is probably a, in a minority of sales enablement functions, but I call it sales communications management, and that's where they are managing all the communication coming from corporate. So you think of a uh, you know, large company where the salespeople have to sift through hundreds of emails. That's a huge productivity drain. So the function is is basically becoming almost like a filter, if you will, managing all the communication coming from corporate, uh, which includes emails, which includes you know the product updates, so that you know the reps aren't getting eighteen product updates at the same time. Uh, so basically, helping to manage the communication so the salespeople are getting what they need when they need it, and also uh, making sure that they're getting it in a way that they can digest it. We're talking about sales enablement here on Sales Pipeline Radio today. And, uh, you know, Jim, you mentioned, uh, you know, some companies that are getting to a level of maturity with sales enablement, carving this out as its own function. I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think for people that are listening, uh, you know, if you've been taking notes, you know, I'd encourage you to go back and sort of put a check mark next to those different key areas that Jim just talked about. And if you're not taking notes, go back and listen to it again. I think, you know, no matter how you organize you know, organization is a little less important in my mind than function, right? And so addressing those functional areas to help the sales team be more effective, more efficient is really what's most important. Before we head to a break here, Jim, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of sales productivity as a function of sales enablement. I mean, literally helping the reps spend more of their time actively selling. Um, And I know active selling time is something that you've put a lot of focus on. I heard you talk a lot about it during your time in Serious Decisions. How important is that as a component of sales enablement? And, you know, in a couple minutes before we got to take a break here, what are some things people can do to start to put a focus on that in the organization if they're not doing it already? Yeah, so so in, in productivity, you know, there are two levers you can pull to improve productivity. You can make reps more efficient, which is all about giving them more active selling time, to your point, but also making sure that if they're not doing active selling, that they're at least doing high-value activities like their pre-call planning, researching their accounts, doing training, and you want to minimize or eliminate low-value activities like doing expense reports or having to redo the same proposal over and over again because there's not a more efficient way to do that. But the second lever is effectiveness, and that's really where enablement needs to focus, they need to own, and that's all about making the salespeople better 
at those high value activities. So making them better at, you know, understanding what to research, how to research, how to prepare for calls, and then making them the best that they can be on every interaction, whether that's an email interaction, phone interaction, web conference interaction, or face-to-face call, that that salesperson has the knowledge, the skills, and the key processes to maximize that interaction. Great. Well, uh, we're going to have to take a quick break here. Uh, we're talking today with Jim Ninavaji, who's the Senior Vice President of Sales Partnerships at BrainShark. We're going to talk a lot more about sales enablement, talk a little bit about how companies like BrainShark fit into that, and lots more when we get back from the break. Thanks very much for listening. This is Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, Marketing. Okay, back to Matt and his guest. Yeah, Jim and I were just talking during the break. We're gonna we're just gonna talk about baseball for the rest of the time, uh, Paul. <laughs> if, that's, if that's all right with you, that's okay with me. It's an amazing year, I'll tell you. You got two teams that haven't been there in a thousand years, and uh, you know, either way, it was an amazing story. It was. Now we're going to talk a little more about sales pipe, sales enablement here with Jim Ninavaji as, as we come back from break. I want to encourage you, uh, Jim's been sharing a lot of great ideas. Definitely take advantage of the uh, recording of this uh, of, of this uh, show that will be available on salespipelineradio.com in just a couple of days, and you can always catch every episode on uh, the podcast as it is available uh, every day uh, in real time at Google Play and the iTunes Store. Join us next week as we're live again uh, Thursday at two thirty Eastern, eleven thirty Pacific. You will have a guest host, Paul. You'll be uh, you'll, you're not going to have to listen to me. I will unfortunately be predisposed at the inbound conference uh, that Hawkbot puts on uh, in Boston. But we'll have Robert Pease, who runs our pipeline performance group, and he'll be talking about lead management, lead scoring. You know, if your company doesn't necessarily have a lead problem, but has a conversion challenge uh, an opportunity we'll be talking a lot about best practices around lead, cl- lead opportunity lead conversion i want to pick up where we left off jim uh on the on the sort of the sales productivity side you know a company called high spot which i know brain shark is partnered with and i want to talk about that as well they did a study uh, earlier this year to try to identify areas where sales reps spend more time than they maybe should when they're not selling and the three biggest areas of non-selling time focus were number one time in crm number two time creating content and number three time searching for content now that third one was actually pretty surprising to me but you know given your time in the field even your time at brain shark i'm sure that you know you see examples of all three of those on a pretty consistent basis absolutely i think the creating content and searching for content again goes back to that legacy uh, of you know why the sales enablement function 
was created in the first place. But but also spending you know that too much time in their CRM. Um, the issue there is you know that they're spending too much time in what I would call low value activities. You know mm-hmm. you know if I'm in my CRM system and all I'm doing is updating my forecast, and I'm updating my pipeline, and I'm updating notes, but I'm not getting any value from that. It's not helping me sell any better. Then that's a low value activity. You can make it a high value activity, however, if you are embedding, and we, we can do this, uh, with, with BrainShark. You can embed right into Salesforce the learning that that salesperson might need to prepare for a call. You can provide them with the guidance on how to do a really effective pre-call plan, something that I, I'm always shocked. <laughs> I'm always shocked how few companies actually have a structured pre-call planning process. Um, and also within the CRM, you can start to gather analytics around content usage, both with that content that's being consumed by the salesperson to make them better, but also the content that they are activating with buyers to move that buying process along. And you mentioned our, our recent uh, partnership with Highspot. We're really excited about that partnership. Um, and, and one of the key reasons is uh, they have um, terrific analytics that will enable our clients who are using BrainShark and Highspot to essentially get a 360-degree view of that content, uh, both from a what's being used to enable the salesperson and also what content is being used effectively to activate with buyers. We've seen, you know, across the board. I mean, the, the issue of content continues to come up as a as a stumbling block for a lot of organizations overall. I mean, I've seen stats that say as much as ninety percent of content created for sales goes unused, and so I think a lot of companies are saying, "Well, let's create, you know, ninety percent less content." I don't know that that's the answer because if you start to create the same content for everybody, like generic content for all these unique buyers in unique roles and situations and even stages of the buying journey. Um, you know that unique co- that that common content won't necessarily work as well. So it seems like the challenge here is content discovery, making sure your reps have a process for how to get at that, and then knowing through that analytics package which content is working, which isn't, so you can throw out the bad and, and do more of the good. Absolutely, um, I always say that if you want to fix the content problem, you do what. When I was in sales, you do what they you know what how they handled content back then. He had printed it. So I'm going to give away my age here, but, you know, I sold sales training for uh, what used to be Xerox Learning Systems back in the early 90s. And I was working out of a Manhattan office, and we had something that we called the sales closet. And it was just a bunch of, you know, cubby holes uh, where we got our content. So you go in in the morning, right, and depending on, you know, who you were calling on, if I was calling on a financial services company, I'd pull down the case studies from financial services. If I was calling on a pharma company, I'd pull down those case studies from the pharma company. I'd grab my, you know, the latest white papers and my product spec sheets. And we had maybe... 90 pieces of content to choose from uh, and marketing knew what we were using because it was the stuff that we were reordering so they knew what we were using and what we weren't using using based on the reorders and you know life was simple back <laughs> simple back then mm-hmm. you, know, you fast forward today you need an you know a, a, a very large sales closet to fit most of the you know what companies are producing today like you know it's not uncommon to see organizations that have you know, content libraries in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, for their sales organization. It is about 
the content, but it's also about making sure, and we use that word activate, and it's kind of a fancy buzzword, but it really, to me, activate means I can take the same presentation and deliver it differently to two different buyers, and based on my understanding of their needs, based on the persona, just based on the nuances of the personalities that I'm talking to, I can make that presentation much more impactful as a salesperson uh, because of that. And it's that's the effectiveness part that makes the activation, that that's where the magic happens. It's making that content relevant to that buyer. You know, a deck is just a deck, right? It doesn't become a real presentation until that salesperson brings it to life for the buyer. Well, and it's more than just that customization of content, right? I think the format of that content tends to play a role as well. I mean, just related to, I think, I don't think we shared this. And Paul, I don't even know if we told you this, but I was at a conference a couple weeks ago and, uh, you know, literally was just sitting random at a random table for lunch and someone looks across and says, your name sounds familiar. Hey, wait, do you have a podcast? And she pulled out her phone and in between the Wall Street Journal podcast and something literally from Howard Schultz at, say, at, uh, at uh, Starbucks was sales pipeline radio on her podcast. You know, she was the CMO of a pretty significant company that was listed as stuff. So I think, you know, the, you know, audio, video, multimedia formats can certainly, you know, help diversify the approach you take. And in some cases, reach people that aren't otherwise going to be reached by our PDFs and other collateral. Jim, as we wrap up, we're talking to Jim Ninavaji from, from uh, Brainshark. Uh, they're doing some amazing stuff on the sales learning and sales training side. Definitely check them out at brainshark.com talked a lot about the things that people are focusing on related to sales enablement. Where are they not focusing? What are the things that people aren't looking at enough today that you think, especially as we head into the new year, that sales enablement professionals and those that care about the outcome of sales enablement should be paying attention to? Yeah, I think certainly I saw this as an analyst. I'm certainly seeing this at BrainShark as, as a, a key use case for using BrainShark. And, and for those of you not familiar with BrainShark, we essentially give you the ability to create very easily dynamic learning content that you can deliver a variety of ways to your to your field force. So the typical use case uh, when folks look at BrainShark, a lot of times it's about onboarding, right? That seems to be a hot topic today. Uh, I was recently at a sales enablement function out in San Francisco where we had 18 sales enablement leaders. I think 16 of the 18 named onboarding as a, as a key issue, um, and that's going to continue to be a key issue. But I think what they what organizations really need to start thinking about is post-onboarding, you know, that continuous learning that needs to happen. Um, there's, there's all this focus on, you know, from day zero to day 180 or, you know, what, or 90 or whatever you kind of deem your onboarding process. And then, you know, companies go, okay, well, we're done. <laughs> You're, you've been onboarded. You know, go forth and, and be productive. And it doesn't work that way. You know, it, it typically takes a salesperson you know, depending on what they're selling and, 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 and their tenure, you know, 12 to 24 months to become really productive. So the thing I think that the sales enablement uh, function and the sales enablement uh, group as a whole needs to focus on is that m- those months between 12 and 36, um, because that's where you're going to see a lot of turnover. You know, a salesperson comes into a company, they try it out for a year, and I'm not sure if I'm going to make the money I need to make, and they move on, right? And if you look at the turnover rates for organizations, typically 12 to 36 months is where you're going to see the highest turnover rate. And a lot of that is voluntary turnover. Trip saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be successful here. And when you lose a rep in month 18, 
is huge cost to the organization. It's the cost that you've already invested into into that individual. There's the lost productivity that uh, they perhaps could have been producing if they had been supported properly. And then you really, and, and something uh, that companies really don't think about, it's the lifetime value. So what could, what, what could that salesperson have produced if we had been able to keep them? So when I look at, you know, going out, you know, for the next couple of years, that focus of continuous learning, how do we uh, provide our salespeople with what they need in order to be successful after the onboarding, and also what do we need to provide our managers so that they can coach effectively, uh, that's a a key area for sales enablement going forward. Yeah, amen to that. I think, uh, you know, that your, your, your point about a systematic ongoing means of training and coaching, you know, our sales professionals is, is key. And I think it's not only for retention, but just for effectiveness, consistency, you know, predictability of the results we need to hear and see. I think too many companies, you know, get, get, uh, just fall into the trap of random acts of training and coaching. But we're out of time. I really want to thank our guest today, Jim Ninavaji, who's the senior vice president uh, of partnerships at BrainShark. Definitely check them out at brainshark.com. Um, they got a lot of good stuff. You can also learn more about their partnership with HighSpot on the uh, content and analytics side. Um, Jim, I was really hoping that we would see a Cubs-Red Sox World Series this year. Didn't we really thought that you know Wrigley Field and Fenway Park would be a lot of fun. But, hey, we're only 150 days away from spring training, not that I'm already counting. Uh, and I, you know, <laughs> it's been 108 years since we won a World Series. I'm already looking for the repeat. Why not? Vegas already favors the Cubs. So, uh uh, we'll, we'll continue to talk a little baseball on Sales Pipeline Radio moving forward. If you want to hear more from Jim, uh, you can definitely check out a replay of our show today on salespipelineradio.com. You can also catch it through the podcast available at Google Play and iTunes Store uh, and then get a transcript, a shortened version of our Q&A that we had today with Jim on HeinzMarketing.com. Join us next week, Thursday, live, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Robert Pease, our uh, pipeline performance uh, practice lead, will be talking about lead scoring, lead management. Until next time, until the next episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us here Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along on the Sales Pipeline. Surfing the latest waves in sales pipeline development and growth with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing.